Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, who loves us with a transforming love. From our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, and from the Spirit who unites us all. Amen. It wasn't so long ago when we celebrated the 500th anniversary of the Reformation in the Lutheran Church. And I think back on that year and the conversations we all had about how the church should be seeking Reformation and what that would look like and the topics that we spoke of. And as I was thinking about that this week, I thought, wow, what a difference a year makes because the pandemic has changed so much of our thinking not just about church, but just about everything. And then you throw on top of that civil and political climates that we live in, and it feels like we are part of a hotbed of change, which change really is just another word for reformation. But I also began to think about what the core of that reformation was 500 years ago. Because that is the core that should still be a part of who we are as a church, regardless of what kind of changes go on around us. The Reformation asked the question, how do we make sure that people know that they do not need anything for their salvation, save the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? And while 2017 marked the anniversary of the Reformation, I think our church has been, re- and I mean big, big word church, our church has been reforming for decades, and it continues to do so. The pandemic has simply added an extra oomph to the whole process, because we can no longer pretend that who we are when we find ourselves on the other side of this will be the same as who we were at the beginning. And so we still ask that question, how are we as a church going to be different? What's going to be important to us? How are we going to meet the needs of this world? Because we will not be the same, save for Jesus and the truth that we know about his death and resurrection. It turns out that, like Luther, the Pharisees that we heard Bridget just tell us about were reformers and builders, too. In fact, they have some really striking similarities to who Luther was, for they both desired to equip the people in their devotional life without direct oversight of priests. They democratized religious experience, allowing all people to participate in worship, And the Pharisees were often concerned with the communal life of the people. If we understand that, then it makes a little bit more sense of why they were calling Jesus' disciples, who chose to harvest and eat on the Sabbath, why they were calling them out. Because their concern is for the welfare of the whole people and their shared communal rituals. So how does breaking this law help or hinder the whole community is what they were asking. The question is a challenge, to be sure, but maybe not the nitpicky kind of challenge that we typically imagine the Pharisees proposing. So like any good community, conversation happens between the 
people, between the Pharisees and between Jesus, who is offering perhaps a new way. And Jesus responds to the question, to the conversation, by declaring the Son of Man is the Lord of Sabbath. Which means that Christ, the Messiah, is the Lord of Sabbath. Here Jesus is in the midst of building his team and proclaiming the kingdom of God. And he pushes back against the Pharisees a little bit. Because Jesus is redefining, reforming the law. Remember, this is the one who will say the Sabbath is made for humanity, not humanity for the Sabbath. Who we are as God's people changes with Jesus, who brings God's love and mercy directly to those who need it the most. For Jesus to say that the Messiah is the Lord of Sabbath clearly states that Sabbath is important, but also says that Perhaps Sabbath should remain as a practice, but leave some room for how that practice should be carried out. We shouldn't be so rigid. For nearly a year, we have had to leave room for new ways to be in worship together. We've tried things that have worked really well, and some that haven't. We've been silly, and we've been serious, We've tried all sorts of different kinds of technology. Some have worked, some have not. There have been countless conversations, especially among leaders in our church, as to how to change our ancient practices to meet this moment. And that ranges everywhere from how do we do communion to how do we sing. What these stories in Luke reminds us is that because of Jesus, Worshiping together, the Sabbath, is no longer about a rigid set of rules to garner God's favor. It's about caring for each other, being in relationship with each other. It's about tapping into the heart of God and in the spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law. 